Welcome to One Cause Church. Here is another inspirational message from Senior Pastor Eric Holler. All right. Well, tonight we are in the great, great book of Daniel in our Route 66 series. As we've been walking through, we just picked the series back up last week, actually. We, after we hit Daniel and Lamit, our Jeremiah limitations, we took a break for, oh, I don't know, two years or so. And then now we're getting back into it. And uh, last week we talked about Ezekiel. Ezekiel, Daniel, and Jeremiah all were major prophets during the time of the uh, Babylonian rule after they came and Nebuchadnezzar raided Jerusalem three different times. And with each raid, he would bring back a new group of people. And so the first raid had to do with um, Ezekiel, and that's where he was down at the river Kabar, remember that, south of Babylon. But Daniel was brought into the capital city itself, and Jeremiah didn't go. He stayed back. Um, but he, Jeremiah's prophecies cover pre-captivity, Babylonian uh, captivity, and then even through the captivity. But uh, Daniel was the one who endured the longest. He endured 70 years in Babylonian captivity. The scholars believe that he was somewhere around 15 years old when he was taken in. Uh, so he's a very young man. And, and, of course, his three friends, as we know them as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and that was their Babylonian names. That was not their their Hebrew names, and then, of course, Daniel was changed to Belteshazzar. That was his Babylonian name uh, that the king named Nebuchadnezzar named him. But uh, they were brought over there, in, uh, and, and there was lots of temptation there in Babylon, lots of um, pantheism there and, and all kinds of uh, pagan worship and, and lots of ways that they could have stumbled and and just fallen into the Babylonian system through their, through their thinking, their philosophy. Uh, as a matter of fact, the king had these guys for three years. He trained Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, brought them into his own personal school, had them tutored by the best teachers on literature and all things of, of wisdom and, and, and history and things like that. So they were well-versed uh, in the Babylonian culture. And as young as they were, um, and, uh, and, and heartbroken as they were over being led away from their homeland. You know, it would have been easy for these young men to just slip right, you know, through the cracks and slip right into that system and, and just kind of fade into it. But, but they didn't. The scripture says that Daniel had an excellent spirit on him, in him, an excellent spirit in him. And everything that he did, um, it, it, it got the, the big guy's attention. That um, all those that were in, in power there, the governors and satraps and and uh, they all were eyeing this young man, and eventually they, they got Nebuchadnezzar's attention about him where he brought him up next to him. And he was in the king's palace, and, and uh, so Daniel was... And, and the way that Daniel really got that position <clears throat> and was because the king, <laughs> he put out an edict, and this edict was, I had a dream, and if no one can tell me not just the interpretation, can tell me what I actually dreamed. If nobody, none of my soothsayers and none of my wise men, if you can't tell me, I'm going to cut you up in pieces. I'm going to burn your houses down. So I'm not just looking for interpretation. I need you to tell me what I dreamed. No pressure at all there, right? So these guys are freaking out. And none of them could really, they said, they said well, you're, you've asked us something impossible. Nobody has ever made this request before. And so he said, 
off with their heads. And so he, he sent this band of uh, uh, troops to, to hunt down all of these soothsayers and all these supposed wise men to hunt them down and to execute them. Well, well this news got to Daniel. And he said, what is going on with the king's request? Why is this so urgent? And so this guy named Arioch told him, the king is going to kill everybody, all of, of guys like you, but I said that we needed to come and get you. And Daniel said, well, tell him this. Can, can you please just tell him to give me just a little bit of time, and then I will come and see him. So the king agreed. Nebuchadnezzar agreed to wait for a little bit. And Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and you can read all this in, in chapters 1 and 2, and I mean they started praying. And Daniel prays this beautiful prayer and talks to the Lord and asks him to, to look down upon them and, and to give the, the, them the interpretation and get, open their, their eyes to see, give them the wisdom. And all of a sudden, Daniel got a vision and God showed him what King Nebuchadnezzar dreamed. And so we're going to look at our attraction tonight, first thing. Um, and we're going to pick up in Daniel chapter 2. And Daniel now is standing there before the king. Um, totally confident in his God and, and believes that he has not only the dream, but also the interpretation. Verse 31 of Daniel chapter 2. Verse 31 of Daniel chapter 2. You, O king, were watching, and behold, a great image. This great image whose splendor was excellent stood before you, and its form was awesome. This image's head was of fine gold, its chest and arms of silver, its belly and thighs of bronze, its legs of iron, its feet partly of iron and partly of clay. 34. You watched while a stone was cut out without hands. Everybody say without hands. We'll come back to that in just a moment. Which struck the image on its feet of iron and clay and broke them in pieces. Then the iron, the clay, the bronze, the silver, and the gold were crushed together and became like chaff from the summer threshing floors. The wind carried them away so that no trace of them was found, and the stone that struck the image became a great mountain and filled the whole earth. Verse 36, this is the dream. Now we will tell you the interpretation of it before the king. You, O king, are a king of kings, for the God of heaven has given you a kingdom power, strength, and glory, and wherever the children of men dwell, or the beasts of the field, and the birds of the heaven, he has given them into your hand and has made you ruler over them all. You are this head of gold. But after you shall rise another kingdom, inferior to yours, then another, a third kingdom of bronze, which shall rule over all the earth. And the fourth kingdom shall be as strong as iron, inasmuch as iron breaks in pieces and shatters everything." And like iron that crushes, that kingdom will break in pieces and crush all the others. Whereas you saw the feet and toes partly of potter's clay and partly of iron, the kingdom shall be divided, yet the strength of the iron shall be in it, just as you saw the iron mixed with ceramic clay. Verse 42, and as the toes of the feet were partly of iron and partly of clay, so the kingdom shall be partly strong and partly fragile. As you saw iron mixed with ceramic clay, they will mingle with the seed of men, but they will not adhere to one another, just as iron does not mix with clay. And in the days of these kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed. Did you hear that? In the days of these kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed, and the kingdom shall not be left to other people. It shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms 
and it shall stand forever. Inasmuch as you saw that the stone was cut out of the mountain without hands, and that it broke in pieces the iron, the bronze, the clay, the silver, and the gold, the great God has made known to the king what will come to pass after this. The dream is certain, and its interpretation is sure. Father, thank you for this time together with these great people, Lord, all these families that are represented here, Lord, who they are, God, and what they do. I thank you that your blessing is upon them. Lord, I thank you that I pray that the Apostle Paul continue to pray for the churches, that grace and peace will be multiplied to them from God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord, that you have blessed your people with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. You've seated them, Lord, with Christ in the heavenly places. Thank you, Lord, for the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Christ. Thank you, Lord, that they know what the hope of your calling is, Lord. What are the riches of the glory of your inheritance in the saints? And what is the exceeding greatness of your power toward us who believe? Thank you for your word. It is life to those who find it in health to all of their flesh. And so we receive it now in Jesus' name. Amen. An amazing thing. And I could have covered some other great stories in Daniel. You know, obviously, the, in chapter 3, you see that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego would not bow to the great image that, that Nebuchadnezzar built after this interpretation that Daniel brought to him of the dream. Imagine that, that he built a 90-foot-tall statue, 9 feet wide, and, and had everybody, he said, at the sound of music, everybody needs to bow and worship the, gold, the idol. Uh, and so, but... But Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, Abednego would not bow. And so because they did not bow, they did not burn. If you bow, you burn. But if you don't bow, you won't burn. <laughs> Amen. And these, these three, and this is where Nebuchadnezzar, this is where we, we do see um, Christ and Daniel, but we're not going to look at that one where he says, did we not put three men bound into that fire? And they said, yes, we did, king. And he said, I see four men loosed and walking around, and the fourth one is like that of the Son of God. Jesus showed up in the fire with them. And the fire did not burn them. And the, the scripture says they didn't even smell like fire. Great is your deliverance, my family. Great is your deliverance. Hmm? Right. The fire don't scare Jesus. And they had, they had cranked that sucker up where it was seven times hotter than it normally was just to make sure those boys would burn up. But they didn't burn. Why? Because they didn't bow. If you don't bow, you don't burn. But if you bow, you burn. And I don't mean just, I'm not talking about hell itself. I'm talking about you get burned in life yeah. through compromises. You get burned in life through poor decisions. And um, that's one thing that we see a theme. The first six chapters of this, of this great book, it's 12 chapters. The first six are, are just a stunning uh, demonstration example of perseverance and faithfulness to God. Perseverance in faith and faithfulness to God. As a matter of fact, I might as well just uh, give you the memento right now because in, when, when Daniel and, these, and the three Hebrew children... Um, they were brought into, the, into this, uh, this school there that they were 
given the option to eat from the king's table, that is the king's delicacies, the, the best kinds of food and the best kinds of wine, Daniel didn't want to participate in that. He, wanted, he did not want to associate with Babylon. And so he asked if possible, he asked the, the steward that was over them, can we, can, can we try something? He said, he said if, you, if you don't eat the best food, then, then you're going to start looking gaunt, and the king's going to, I'm the one that's going to pay for that, because he's going to think you're not getting fed what the other guys are getting fed. And Daniel said, I understand that. He said, try, can, can we try something just for 10 days? For 10 days, if, you, if you'll give us water and vegetables, and if we don't come out looking better or as good as the other guys that are eating the best food, then, then you have your way. You do whatever. You feed us the, the king stuff. And the guy said, okay. And so he, they ate vegetables and, and, and drank water for 10 days. And the scripture said that they, that they had even a better countenance, a better look to their skin uh, than those who ate at the king's table. And so the deal was on. So that was the first thing. But I want to say something about Daniel. And, and I think we can all take something from this. Daniel in that moment could have, you know, stood up with righteous indignation. We'll, have no, we'll not be a part of Babylon. We're going to call that one. No, he was polite. Hey, be nice, huh? Be polite. Yeah. You're in this world, but you're not of it. But you are in it. Yeah. Right? Be polite. I think that's a good lesson for us to learn from Daniel. Another thing was, is that Daniel bided his time. He bided his time. He just, he knew that God was in his life. And so he was willing to wait as long as it took. Whatever God wanted to do with this young man, as well as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were patient to wait it out. Even in that kind of system. Don't you know the heartache and the, and the anguish every day when they're, they're they're in a place where they are not at home, right? And they, it seems like everything that they, that they believe is in full resistance to the area that they're living in, the, the thinking, the rationale, the, the way they worship, everything, their whole lifestyle. It was complete contrast to where they lived. And so they, but, but they were patient. Be polite, be patient. And last of all, persevere. You see throughout the entire book from start to finish that this man, Daniel, who would stand up so strong in his faith and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and Daniel later on did as an older man was thrown into the lion's den under King Darius and uh, the Lord rescued him. But you see Daniel's perseverance that they, it was almost the same kind of thing as was Nebuchadnezzar because uh, these guys, uh, Darius's men, they knew that Daniel had such favor with the king and they said, we can't find that this guy does anything wrong. We look at his life. He's not looking at porn at night on his computer. He's, 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 he's not, I mean, he's, he's living a clean life. This guy, everything we, we've peeked in his windows, we've tried to catch him in a lie. He won't lie. He just won't do it. The guy is upstanding. He does everything right. And so they said, the only thing that we can get him on is how he worships God. And if we can get the king to say, no, you worship me. Then we got him. And so they, they built up King Darius and said, you know, we should have this day where we just really pay homage to you and we don't worship any other God. We, we see you as God. And, and that way everybody will come together and see how important you are and, and how great you are. And so King Darius signed the order. And the scripture says that when Daniel heard that the order was signed, he went up to his place of prayer, opened up his windows that overlooked that capital city, 
got on his knees, lifted his hands to heaven, and began to worship the God of heaven. As he always did three times a day. And that was not going to stop him. He had thrived in this system. Over and over again, king after king after king, and here he is. In, in the third king, it was first uh, uh, Nebuchadnezzar, and then it was uh, Belshazzar, then it was Darius, and then Cyrus, his first year. But here he is, here Daniel is, he's worshiping his God, and they see him, ah, oh, there he is, we caught him. And so then they go give word to the king. And Darius loves Daniel, and he, is, he has lost all of his peace. And the scripture says he spent from that, that moment he heard about it till that night trying to figure a way out of this, trying to find some loophole in this edict, something. He did not want Daniel to die, but he couldn't find anything. So then he ordered, we called Daniel to him. He said, Daniel, I know your God's going to deliver you. And he did. And they put Daniel in that lion's den, and the angel shut the lion's mouth all night long. And the king got up early the next morning and said his sleep was taken from him. So he didn't sleep at all. And he finally got up, ran down there, and he said, Daniel, please tell me you're down there. And he said, oh, king, live forever. I'm here. And so he, they, he said, get him out of there. And then the guys that put him in there, he said, I want you to throw them, their children, and their wives in there. Killed all their families. And the scripture says before they even hit the bottom, the, the lions had ripped them all apart. It's really pretty graphic. But, but Daniel persevered in his faith. And king after king, he had a voice in their ear, even during those times of being away from where he wanted to be. But God showed him his faithfulness to him. And Daniel showed his faithfulness to God. And he's one of the only figures, I think probably besides Joseph, in the, in the entire Old Testament, where you see no flaws in this guy. No weaknesses, no sin, nothing. I mean, he's pristine. I'm not saying that he wasn't, but I'm just saying there's no record of it. He did say at one point that he had to repent for his sins and the nation of Israel. So he obviously knew he had some mess-ups, you know, but whatever. He did, he did pray for this nation. But the thing is that he was talking about the, the dream. I want to come back to that for a moment. Be, pa be polite, be patient and persevere. The, uh, Babylon was the starting point. Remember, it was the golden head. But world history would n now tell that story with the uh, Medo-Persian Empire and then the Grecian Empire and then the Roman Empire. And, and that represented the, the, the uh, Babylon was the head the Middle Persian Empire was the, the, the chest and the arms, and uh, the Grecian was the, the navel, the waist, and then the Roman Empire was down the legs and even into the toes. But then he talked about that kingdom that looked like a rock. Remember? It started out as a rock, and that rock was not made with hands. But what that rock did was that it overtook all those other kingdoms, it says, and it filled the entire earth. That's a marvelous thought. That's only talking about one kingdom, and that's the kingdom of our God. The unseen, the unshaken kingdom of our God. And <clears throat> Jesus said in 
Uh, let's bring up, was it Matthew 16? Is that what I have back there, Lisa, or is it Matthew? Yes, Matthew 16, 15. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Verse 17, Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. Watch. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. Starts out as a rock. And Jesus even talked about the kingdom of God. He said, The kingdom of God is like a mustard seed. It's the smallest of all seeds, but if a man takes it and he plants it to the ground, it becomes... It grows and becomes the largest tree that's there. And this kingdom started off as, in the vision of Daniel, just as a little rock, maybe just a little pebble in the pond, but it began to grow. Hey, how are you, handsome? Good to see you. Began to grow and grow. And the scripture says that the earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord, just like the waters cover the sea. Amen. Can I get a good Amen. And this kingdom is an indestructible kingdom. Hallelujah. And the scripture teaches us that Jesus is the king of that kingdom. And that he's going to sit on the throne of David. And he's going to rule and reign. Because Ephesians says that he's far above all principality and power. And might. And dominion. Philippians says that God has given him a name that is above every name. That at his name every knee shall bow. And every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God. I like, it. I like what uh, Revelation Chapter, uh, what chapter was that I gave you? 11, yeah. Then the seventh angel, verse 15, sounded, and there, was a loud, there were loud voices in heaven saying, the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of, of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. I love that verse of scripture. Now, Lastly, let's go over here to the person of Jesus. I want to encourage you to read this. Like I said, the first six chapters are, are really about, um, there's some good practical things in there, just about character and, and virtue and, and faith and, and standing strong and all those kinds of things. But then the next six chapters, wow. I mean, this thing has a major shift and it gets apocalyptic. It gets you know, future events and prophecies and all kinds of images that Daniel sees in these visions in the night and he's troubled, he tosses and turns and doesn't really understand everything that he's seeing. And this, he meets angel, the, the angel Gabriel twice. He was visited by Gabriel, twice. And then he was visited by another angel later on as Daniel had been praying and the scripture said that this angel shows up three weeks after Daniel's prayer and the angel says, the moment that you prayed because God loves you, the moment you prayed, I was sent to come to you, but then I was held up by the prince of Persia, talking about this demonic realm. And he said, I've been left there by myself, but then the prince Michael, thank God, Michael the archangel, come and help, came and helped me, and now I was able to come and get this message to you. So, I mean, Daniel reveals to us these, these two angels that we don't know anything about them at this point. I mean, we know that there were angels, but, but this is where they're named. This is where he reveals Gabriel and Michael to us. Really awesome. So there's a lot of revelation here, but I want to go to Daniel chapter 7, and I want to, I want to during these, these visions he's having, we're going to pick in verse 13. This is where I want us to look at Christ here. As I said, he's in several places in the book of Daniel, but this is what is powerful. He says, I was watching in the night visions, and behold, one like the Son of Man, coming with clouds of heaven, 
He came to the Ancient of Days, and they blessing and honor, glory and power, be unto the Ancient of Days. Okay. He came to the Ancient of Days, and they brought him near. <clears throat> then to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom that all peoples, nations, and languages should serve. I wonder who that is. Go back to verse 13 again. It says, One like the Son of Man coming with the clouds of heaven. Now, when we think Jesus coming with the clouds of heaven, we think of him coming to earth, don't we? But look where he's going here. He's going to the Ancient of Days. This is actually Jesus' ascension after his death his burial and his resurrection. After he had cried out, it is finished and died. Three days later, rose from the dead, spent some time with his disciples, was ascended up into heaven. Daniel's seeing it from heaven's perspective. This is powerful. And he's seeing Jesus, just like he's going to come to the earth with the clouds, he's also, he also went to heaven with the clouds. Because the scripture did say that he did go up in a cloud. Remember that? So he showed up in heaven, the clouds, and, and was presented to the Father. And then the Father said, Everything's yours. You get it all, son. You get it all. And, the, and this, this, the theme in this chapter is a reminder to all of us that God is Lord of all. There is no king whose kingdom will, will endure like the kingdom of our God. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the message. For more information about One Cause Church, please visit us online at onecausechurch.com.